Welcome to Severance Radio, a Nevada Reads on-air book club. I'm Heidi Kaiser. Over the course of 13 episodes, Severance Radio will dissect a single book, Severance, the satirical dystopian novel by Ling Ma. This book is a mixture of immigrant family story, corporate satire, and global health crisis. It's also the story of Candace Chen. Candace is a millennial first-generation American office drone who meanders her way into adulthood and ends up finding a world devoid of choice and feeling. During our live weekly radio broadcast, listeners heard an excerpt from the audiobook followed by discussions featuring literary luminaries, educators, and subject matter experts. For our podcast listeners, we leave out the book and cut straight to the conversation. Think of this as your own personal book club in podcast form. If you haven't read Severance yet, that's okay. These conversations are meant to serve as an accompaniment to the novel. Though, full disclosure, some of our guests, in addition to making insightful points, do indeed hint at plot spoilers. So read the book. Okay, got your book? Great. Let's get started. As Severance readers recall, group leader Bob and the survivors kill, or as Bob says, release, those who are fevered. Joining us to talk about the construction of otherness are scholars Tim Gauthier and Ragini Tharoor Srinivasan. Gauthier currently directs the Multidisciplinary Studies and Social Science Studies program in UNLV's Department of Interdisciplinary, Gender, and Ethnic Studies. Srinivasan is Assistant Professor of English and Vice Chair of the University of Arizona's Graduate Interdisciplinary Program in Social, Cultural, and Critical Theory. So I think one of the interesting things to think about uh, in terms of othering is the degree to which the pandemic has caused a split between the healthy and the ill, and that we tend to other those who are sick and see them as different from ourselves. So, uh, you know, Susan Sontag talked about uh, the kingdom of the well and the kingdom of the ill, and that we have we all have two passports, but that we tend to uh, pretend that we don't have one of them most of the time until something happens to us. And so, in severance, I think you know what happens is we can see that there's a debate going on, um, and we see this early in the novel between Candace and Bob, where Bob does not see the fevered as alive, and that um, Candace, on the other hand, has more of a connection with them. Um, she tries to say, "Well, they are alive." They, it, you know, um, at one point they talk about shooting the fevered in the face or not in the, in the head rather than the right. face because they wanted to respect their residual humanity. I mean, if I, I, think, I think something you said a little bit earlier, I want to emphasize and amplify here, right? Which is one of the things that's really powerful about Ma's depiction of the fever is that they force us to think about the distinction, as you say, between alive and dead. 
but also the distinction between um, well and sick, right, or well and ill. And those are two different kinds of distinctions or binary, right? You can be ill and not dead, and you can be well, uh, you know, alive and not well. I mean, there's different ways in which these things can cut into each other. And um, the fevered are not just sort of dead or half dead. Of course, they're not dead yet, but they're, you know, sort of zombie-like. And of course, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about whether they are zombie-like or not. But, you know, Ma writes the fevered as, um, you know, these are her words, creatures of habit, right? With stuttering brains, they're nostalgic, they're caught in a loop. And, you know, this is not actually the conventional way in which we think about the diseased body, necessarily. Um, she's giving us a different kind of vocabulary that, of course, um, you know, uh, motivates the ways in which Candace and others in the book might start to see and think the fevered as like them in some way, right? Um, if the if the fevered are creatures of habit, we have other folks like Jonathan uh, criticizing his fellow New Yorkers, saying we are we are making uninspired lifestyle choices, right? We're also caught in a loop. Um, I mean, is that why? You, I mean, do, do you think that's why uh, Candace relates to the fevered or thinks differently about the fevered than Bob does? Yes, totally. I think that's that's like bang on. You know, again, I think there's uh, it's refusing to acknowledge that there's a plane on which we exist together, the healthy and the sick. And it's kind of putting the sick in on on a different plane and Candace, and you used the word loop just a minute ago, right? She sort of says, we're all in loops. So this is one of those places where what the, the ill do in these pandemic novels is simply accentuate something that we already have, right? And often something we already have that we do not want to acknowledge. And so it becomes this you know, push back against the illness because it's it's too true or too revealing about myself. There's one other thing about this, and that is that Bob sees their immunity as a gift of some kind, something that's been, he even uses the word divinely, that it's been foisted upon them and that they are somehow special. And Candace, on the other hand, is more, um, no, wait a minute, we're not special. There's actually a connection between us and the fevered that we need to acknowledge. Right. I think, I think actually we'd want to sort of say, and this is both, I think, maybe stating the obvious and yet also, um, as I read something that I can't stop thinking about, you know, to the extent that the ill, as you say, are the other, but also are reminding us of ourselves and who we are, right? They are a mirror. Um, and I think the, the one of the other questions that the, the, the novel is posing really, really importantly, is not just who are the ill, who are the fevered, who are the sick, right? What is the nature of their sickness? But who are we? And what is the nature of our life? I think it's really beautiful the way the book starts off. Um, I mean, beautiful, but also actually sort of unnerving for the contemporary reader that the book starts off by saying, who were we, right? We were brand strategists. We were human resources specialists. We were finance consultants. We didn't know how to do anything. So we Googled everything, right? And I'm sort of badly quoting from the first page of the book, but, but that's a, it's a pretty good question, right? Who are we? 
and against whom do we define ourselves and see ourselves? Yes, there are the very differing attitudes towards the fevered and what the fevered mean, right? And I think that that's an important thing is in the sense of what are their fever telling us about ourselves? And um, again, to what extent are we willing or unwilling to accept what that is? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Do you think, Tim, this is that this is a, a zombie novel? So uh, again, this is sort of interesting. Um, uh, you, you know, it, it, I guess it all depends what we mean by the word zombie. But, uh, you know, Ling Ma herself has, you know, uh, resisted uh, whenever an interviewer has sort of said, well, this is a zombie novel of sorts or and she basically says they are not zombies. In part because they are well, not in part, but mostly because they are still alive and they have an illness. Um, but the debate that she that. Candace and Bob have is very reminiscent of a, a conversation that Rick Grimes and Herschel have in The Walking Dead about whether the zombies are are still alive or not. And Herschel is of the opinion that we don't know enough, we don't have enough knowledge to determine that these are dead people. Come on, they're walking, they're still demonstrating some kineticism or whatever and so they must still be alive and rick is you know look at them they're falling apart how can they be alive anyway it's more i think where people are making this connection is more in terms of this notion again that the illness in some ways reflects um who we are and that you know the the zombie trope the one that's often used, right, is that we're all zombies of a kind already. Yes. And that uh, we just haven't died yet, you know, but we're all zombies nevertheless. Yeah. Our life is like a living, it is a living death sort of thing. Um, I, I mean, if I can, if I can jump in there, it's so interesting to hear you talk about zone one, because I think um, there are a number of writers over the past few years who have been reimagining and maybe breaking the conventions of the zombie novel, but also more broadly working in genres of specula speculative fiction and apocalyptic fiction. And for me, reading, um, reading Severance, the, the sort of immediate place I went was to Cheng Rei Li's 2014 novel, On Such a Full Sea, which um, is not a zombie novel, in, in, whether sort of proximately zombie or, or, or actually zombie. There are no zombies there, but there are workers and laborers who are also um, variously caught in loops in that there is no way for them to escape from their lot in life. So, so what the Lee novel is about, and, and I won't say too much about it, but you know, where, where Ma has Shen fever, Lee has a sea disease. And, you know, scholars have written about sea disease could mean China, and it does have a relationship to China. It could mean capitalism, it could mean cancer, it could mean climate, now it could mean COVID. So anyway, he has the sea disease that menaces society. And as a result of the disease, which nobody is immune to, at least that's, I, I won't, you know, that's the premise of the book, some strata of society has to work in these repetitive ways with no possibility of any kind of mobility 
um, no class uh, mobility, no other kinds of social mobility. They're struck there, stuck there, pardon me, in a laboring colony, and they cannot act and they cannot go anywhere. They literally cannot move. And so, so what really struck me about when I was reading Severance is that it is also, I think, like like Lee's book, um, very much about the possibilities of acting or not acting, about questions of constrained or enabled agency, about whether or not we can ever break out of these loops, about whether or not enacting repetitive and uh, you know behaviors is it's is in its own way maybe um, destabilizing of an existent system. Um, you know, is, and and the and the last thing I'll say about it is, you know, both of these novels also pose the question of agency at the individual level and at the collective level at the same time, right? So, can the individual act in ways that the collective cannot, or can we only act in and as a collective? Yes, she's resisting Bob, and yet she go gives in, right? And this touches on an earlier scene with the gemstone Bible, where she's trying to tell. Um, the uh, the pro the producer of the book that no she doesn't want to find another supplier because they're all dying of this lung related disease and yet by the end of the phone call she is finding a supplier and in fact gets you know kudos from her boss later on in the novel for having done so right and so. I think those those are interesting questions, right? To what extent is Candace acquiescing? To what extent is she resisting? You know, and to what extent is she complicit with these these groups to which she belongs? And I think for all of us, right, to think about um, our respective collectives belongings. The we the we's that we uh, inhabit belong to and also uh, reject and resist. That's one of the things that I really liked about the book, is you know um, there are three Candaces in the book, if if you will, right? There's the child of Chinese immigrants. There's the uh, capitalist drone worker, and then there's the survivor of the pandemic. Right. And how does she negotiate each of these Candaces is, is, is a sort of interesting thing. Oh, I think that's brilliantly said because the collective is, is, is also within. Right. And we are all split. And the idea of a sort of singular uh, subjectivity is 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 really taken, you know, brought into question by the novel. I love how you said that. Thank you so much to Tim Gauthier and Raghunath Arur Srinivasan for that moving conversation about the dangers of othering. Severance is a 2020 Nevada Reads book selection. Nevada Reads is a statewide book club that invites readers from across the Silver State to come together and share in the love of reading. Severance Radio, a Nevada Reads book club, is produced by the Beverly Rogers, Carol C. Harder Black Mountain Institute, and Nevada Humanities. Support from the Nevada Center for the Book, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, the Nevada State Library, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Our engineer is Phil Corbett. Our writer is Sara Ortiz. Production by Lily Allen, Mir Arith, Stephanie Gibson, Kathleen Kuo, and Layla Muhammad. And I'm your host, Heidi Kaiser. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you.